BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering from Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am Divorced Not Dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. So I decided today, welcome back everyone, by the way, to another episode of Divorced Not Dead. But today's one is going to be called... No shame, no blame. I think when people decide to get divorced or, you know, quite a lot of it, you know, even if you realize that your marriage may have run its course, I think people are scared. They're scared of, you know, it's the only life they've known. Um, If you're anything like me, I I met Jen when I was 26 or 25, was it? You know, and before that I'd had, you know, a few boyfriends, but long term as well. So I think by the time I met him and then... I don't believe anyone's bullshit. You know, they never thought about getting divorced. Everyone thinks about getting divorced at some point in their lives, whether you do or you don't. But I think when you do, your first thing is, and that, that's the thing that everybody talks about, by the way, how, how do you make that first step and how do you know whether to do it? Because the thing that pulls us back, and we do need things to pull us back. Otherwise, you know, if, if divorce is too easy, what's the point as well? Everybody argues and, you know, everybody has a shit period of their time. It doesn't have to mean anything more than more than that really so I think it's really important not to give up either so there's two types of people there are the people like I mean actually funny enough since I've been Sergio we have more heated arguments which I never did with Jem in the end but I really like it because I mean not that I really like arguing I really don't like arguing and I would in my last relationship have done anything not to argue but I realized with Sergio actually it's like as I said before, I think it's when you know you, there's no not indifference. We don't take it too much. When we argue, we argue hard, we argue fast, and then it's over, and we go straight out, and we, you know, continue. And we never... I can say horrible things, by the way. Oh, my God. I don't even know what I'm doing. I think I see red, and I'm doing it... You know, it's when I'm stress-related, I don't even think about it. Like, I really want to hurt him at that time, in, in that moment. 
don't know why I do it, really don't know why I do it, really regret it afterwards. Anyway, luckily for me, he knows that. And, you know, we, we let it all out and then it's out and it's over and it's like amazing again. And I think for us, it's like, you know, it kind of clears out the bad energy and the shit. We kind of both scream and then we're like, oh, okay, I love you. And off we go. And, you know, we've never really, well, we've never spent a night apart. We've never spent any time apart because we were arguing. You know, he never runs away from an argument. And I love that. So I think my point to that was really, by the time you are ready to get divorced, you've already thought, oh, you know, like some of the things that stopped me getting divorced maybe earlier than I should have. And I'm sure probably Jem thinks the same. The effect on the children. You know, I always worried about them and them not having us together. My parents, you know, there's no divorce in my family and there's, you know, his family are actually on a second marriage, but I know that his family are a huge part of everything for Jem. So, you know, he would, he would have stuck it out for them. And, you know, then it's also a life you built together, right? You don't really know what your life looks without it. And I always said, you know, well, no shame, no blame. This is a, this is a big one for me because, you know, during my lifetime with Jem, obviously 18 years, we saw a lot of people get divorced. And when you're younger and you're in your 20, you know, you, you sort of take people's sides. You're very black or white. Just because I think that you're newly married yourself and once you're newly married, you're so fucking self-righteous. It's insane. You know, when you start out in your 20s, you're like, well, they fucked it up, didn't they? And, oh, he was unfaithful. Oh, disgusting, chuck him out. She left him, she fell in love with somebody else, terrible person, burn her at the stake. You know, all of these things that just, you know, as we get older, we understand that nothing's black or white. You know, you, you need to walk a, a mile in those people's shoes. And so I always said to myself that, you know, no matter what, if they were my friends before, unless I particularly hated one of them before and I was quite glad to get rid of them, then I would, I would never choose simply as I would never want someone to choose if I ever got divorced. And I remember saying that to myself so many times. And, you know, we had some shocking stories about friends and we still, you know, I always used to say, but you don't know her side or you don't know his side fully or why, why would he re react like that? And it's so funny because until it, it hits you and it's actually about you. And then, you see, married couples love to put their own shit onto other people so it's like i'm not saying it in a terrible way because i'm sure i did it myself you know i think every time everyone got divorced and there was some dreadful story like i had some shocking stories like ones that would get divorced on their honeymoon you're like how the fuck does that happen i mean crazy shit and then you go i would never do that i could never behave like that i would never behave like that but then you find yourself in those shoes and not out of choice people not because you're a bad person you think oh i'm going to act exactly like that no nobody sets out with the intention to act badly nobody but circumstance and time and i think longer marriages people act even worse than anyone because you're in that terrible terrible cycle of taking longer than you should to make the decision because you're so scared of leading your family, your friends, you know, your, the life, you know, the only life you know. You know, if, if you haven't got a giant pot of money, you're ending up with, at best, half the lifestyle you had. And most people don't want to do that, right? You've worked your whole lives as a team to build something up. And then suddenly you're going to find yourself living in an apartment with half the lifestyle that you had because you can't afford it anymore because you've got to pay the other one and lawyer's bills and everything else. Most people don't want to take that chance. They'd rather have dual lives and rather they keep their home and then just, you know, do what they need to do on the side. I mean, and I, I don't even mean infidelity. I mean, like, I know people with completely separate lives and they have their own friends, they do their own thing and they come home and they have their wonderful house, which they entertain in. 
and it's perfect for them. And then they go off and, you know, have their other, their other time and, and they just make it work because it is a business deal. So I think, you know, taking the shame and the blame out of divorce is so key. Why do people need to know who initiated it? People always ask me and I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I don't really know. It was a conversation. It was an ongoing conversation. It was something, it wasn't like, I mean, I probably pulled the final trigger, but it wasn't like it was a giant fucking shock. Um, we definitely discussed it, but maybe, you know, again, as I've always said, you know, Jem's a very, very duty-led man. He would have probably made it work or stuck it out, as I said, and sacrificed himself and all the words he used to me when we were actually going through it. He would have done all that for us because that is the kind of good man he is. I've always maintained he's a very good man. I've never asked any of you to think differently of him, and nor would I. And if you hear me on my podcast, you know, as I said before, Gem and I have had some dark days, some really, really dark days, and we've had some really good days. Even if I brought you into the dark days, they've been about a situation. I've never said, don't invite him to dinner. He's behaved like this. You know, I can't speak for him because I'm, you know, he has, again, different friends, but the ones that I've spoken to that we have mutual have said he only discusses me in lovely ways. If you can get past all of that, you know, and again... I guess I probably from the friends got more blame than he does for this marriage. But, you know, I finally, I really feel that it's a marriage that we should both take the blame for because, you know, if he hadn't allowed maybe, well, there you go. If he hadn't allowed, that sentence doesn't even make sense. How can he not have allowed me to have my life the way I, the way I wanted it? He couldn't have stopped me in the end. So there's no blame because we just both grew up. We simply grew up. That's it. Nothing else. Really nothing else happened. Again, I've never, ever, ever asked about infidelity either way. It doesn't matter. It's not what it was about. Um, and I think that's really important because you can, make it, you can make divorce about these things and you can ask all the questions, but I don't think it changes anything. It really doesn't, people. I mean, if you're looking for a fight or you're looking for more of a reason, but if you're already thinking like that, then genuinely something else has already gone wrong a long time before. You know, that finding out these things is just another nail in the coffin that you're looking for to give you the decision to make it easier. And I think that's that's the point. That's the key point is that people look for like a checklist. Oh, I've got pass number five on my checklist, so now I can absolutely pull the trigger. Because people feel guilt and they feel blame and they feel like they don't want to be the one that pulled the trigger and, you know, ruined their children's lives. And they don't want to be the one that ruined their, you know, I, even when I was doing it and talking to Jem about it, I didn't want to, you know, seeing his face or seeing him sad. I, I know, he, you know, most people think I don't have a heart, but I do. And I, you know, I couldn't bear seeing him like that. But then, you know, we'd have an argument and he'd say something like duty and this and that. And then I'd just switch off again and I go, okay, I'm making the right decision. I'm just making the right decision. Let's take another little break from the show and discuss something that I've been using for a bit now. Super easy, really helpful girls, especially someone like me who was a stylist before. It's so good to find something like this online. And it just makes clothes shopping so much easier online for you. I mean, I don't know about you, but I never know if things are going to fit. Returns can be difficult. You don't know where which store to start with. This season, let Stitch Fix do all the hard work for you. It actually hand selects expert stylists for your unique style, size, budget, whatever you need. And 
it's a completely fun way to sort of choose your clothes online and find out what you'd love to wear. As every piece is chosen for your fit, your lifestyle, it's an easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. You can try on the pieces at home, buy and keep what you love and simply return what you don't. Stitch Fix is free shipping, easy returns and exchanges and a prepaid envelope, which is included, which I'm telling you makes all the difference, especially if you're like me and likes to try on quite a lot of stuff and then, you know, see what's the best, see what works and send back the rest. There's no subscription fee required and it has automatic deliveries you pay just $20 styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards pieces you keep, and there are no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for men, women, and kids, by the way, so that's great because I can do all my shopping and the children at one go, and they ship all over the U.S. and the U.K., so get started today at stitchfix.com slash DND and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com DND for 25% off when they keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash DND. Happy shopping. Let's get back to the show. So I, I took my families out of it because, yeah, they all love him. I saw his parents twice a year, whatever it was, and they're so lovely. But, you know, his family weren't a massive part of my life. They weren't, you know, and I don't think mine were to him, really. I mean, he gets on really well with my brothers and sister when he sees them. He goes, you know, when he's in London, he'll try and have dinner with them. But, you know, nothing more than that. And the same for me. I saw my brother-in-law once a year, twice a year, and when I was in Turkey for a couple of dinners, that's it. It's not like I ever rang them up, like, to have you know, massive chats or we, even if when I was in Turkey, it's not like I went and spent lunch with them and like lay by the pool by myself if he was off doing things, you know. I only saw him, them, if he was around. And actually it was really funny because I took um, my old assistant on one of my trips with me. And, you know, as much as I really got on with them and loved them, you know, I didn't have much in common. You know, we just, it didn't flow. It never did, and I felt very alone with my, with my, you know, family over there. I would get to a dinner, and they'd all speak to each other in Turkish, which is normal. I get that. Like, I struggled a lot even with my sister-in-law, who I, again, really liked. We'd have moments of breakthrough where we sort of got on. Um, but we really simply had nothing in common. You know, she's really into art and sort of culture and all this kind of stuff. I think she thinks my world's pretty ridiculous. I don't know if you've ever had these relationships where you sort of, every time you see each other, it's like reintroducing yourself. And it's kind of monosyllabic and you get to a conversation where it's not a conversation. You sort of ask a question, you get a simple answer, and then you just, you need to think of the next question. It kind of felt like that. And I can't explain why, because I'm the most chatty person ever. But it just never, ever really gelled um, for me. It, I think the, the, I got on the best with his mum and his dad. They couldn't have been nicer to me. And I think that that's why, and to be honest, I don't have a relationship with them now. They, I mean, she does follow me. I do, I do see them. I, I like their pictures. They like my pictures. I think they blame me, obviously. I think that, you know, again, Gemini had hidden very much breaking up from everybody really so even them because he, I think he was the most scared and there you go because we, they didn't really know I mean obviously I'm sure they saw us fight and like have our bickering but they didn't really know how bad it was that by the time we announced it and I had moved on it looked like I announced it and literally moved in with Sergio again 
But, you know, again, as I said, you know, it, it kind of was like that too, because I think Jem and his mind, we were on a break and we could have could have gone either way, but then COVID happened and Sergio took the took the leap to move here. And because he was here, I was the only person he had here. We were thrown into this 24-7 full-on relationship. And I did, I really did panic sometimes going, shit, you know, am I doing the right thing? Because I had these two amazing people and COVID, everyone was locked down. Everyone was needy if it was. I think it sped up and made my relationship with Sergio so much more intense, so much quicker. And so had Sergio not been here, maybe, maybe would have tried harder. But in a way, I feel like it was God's hands because if Sergio hadn't have been here, I don't think I would have met anyone else, let's face it. So I would have been stuck in the house with my ex-husband and my children. So we would have been forced into a position where we probably would have gone, oh, fuck it, what are we doing? Let's get back together. But I still don't think it would be the right decision. I think it would have been a decision of circumstance. And look at how, you know, I talk about vision boards and, you know, the acts of God and how you're led into trust the universe. Well, holy fucking shit, there you go. They literally put me into a situation where I couldn't go back. It was like, you look, Caroline, you and Jem have been umming and ahhing and not completely happy for however many years now. And you aren't pulling the trigger because it's like easy, but you're like, you know, an old pair of shoes and then you panic and then you go back to each other. And actually that's not healthy. When you can be both living your best lives, it may be painful right now, but I'm going to make sure. And actually, even if Sergio had been the interim guy, right? He was still there. He could have been the interim guy and fucked off. And then I would have just, you know, maybe found my feet and, and got used to being on my own. But God put him here. I'm still with him. And for whatever reason, he's let me be me. And you know what's amazing, actually? He said something the other day. You know, he's now met Jem. And I think that, you know, nobody else knows that. Like his parents don't know that or anything. My, my parents do. But Jem's met him a couple of times now. And I think, you know, from what I've heard, Jem's having a, a great time and dating and he's happy as a pig and shit at this point. And as we feel out our relationship, you know, there's still, there's still things that aren't perfect. You know, like it is hard raising the boys in my house, then his house and trying to keep the same rules. And like, if something goes wrong, it's always naturally my fault. But anyway, um, I am a little bit softer, but you know, again, I try not to play the game game. I try and say, let's just do this as a team. You know, I involve them in every step of the way. I mean, I probably speak to Jem. Well, I do speak to Jem every single day. So, you know, there we are still a team. I don't ask him about who he's dating. I don't ask him about his love life. I, I wish him only the best. And he doesn't really ask me anything. So it's great. He knows about Sergio now. He likes Sergio. He understands Sergio's good for him, for his kids. If there's a Sergio and there's my house isn't a revolving door of men, it's better for him too, obviously. And life is getting back to some sort of normality for us. And we're in a routine. So there was one friend that I'd met most people haven't chosen and I've made it really, really abundantly clear I didn't want them to. Some people have felt they had to and I don't, I really don't understand why. It was definitely not down to me, but whatever. And you know what? I'm like, I actually don't give a shit at this point if that's the way you are because I remember like going back with some people and thinking, well, first of all, good riddance because you're not coming back when things are good. I'm really tough on that. Like you drop, you drop me now, don't come back to my door. But I'm also also okay with it. I haven't really mourned anyone because the ones that are gone, you know, weren't really there anyway. And the superficial ones, even the superficial ones that I introduced to him that, you know, feel like for whatever reason, maybe he's the party boy and I'm like 
settled again. I don't know. Chose him. That's okay. It's all right. I'm actually so over partying right now. I don't need it. So again, the blame. I don't blame my friends. I'm not going to blame anyone. I see it. I digested it. And then I let it go. And letting it go is fine. You know, like I have so much of a social life. I have so many beautiful friends around me that if you want to take a side when there should be no sides taken, even my best friends, like the guys I'm with all the time, I always say, oh my God, you should call, you should call Jem and see how he is. Yeah, he's on great form. You should have dinner with him. You know, that's my standard answer to anyone that asks me how Jem is. Call him, you know, take him out. I just don't understand it. So let's take another break from the show and discuss, well, smooth legs I guess I've always used razors in the past I mean I toyed with like sort of lasers and things like that but it's quite hard for me since I live in the sun and I just simply can't stay out of it so it's much easier for me to shave it's quicker but they never sort of get that smooth smooth feel that I love or that you know you get with anything else and so when I discovered Billy not only are they great to look at in your bathroom because they're all different fun colors. I don't know about anyone else, but I love making my bathroom look pretty. But honestly, they're the best razor I've ever used. It gives you the smoothest shave ever. And I simply can't believe how soft my legs feel because it's sort of like so close that it actually takes the top layer of your skin off in the best possible way and gets rid of all the dead bits. So you feel just so amazing. But I really, really love it. It floats over your skin. You don't really feel it. And it lasts for days. So go to billy.com to meet the razor that made everyone start talking about razors. They are Allure's Best Beauty Winner and Nylon's Best Beauty Hit List for a reason. And express a little love for our show to go to mybilly.com slash dnd. It's a small way you can support us while getting the best razor you'll ever own. It's only $9 to get your starter kit plus free shipping always. Go to mybilly.com slash dnd spelled my... B-I-L-L-I-E dot com slash D&D. Happy shopping. Anyway, enough of my rant about that. But, you know, so in-laws and how to get around that. So my parents have seen Jem. They had a lunch last time he was in London. Uh, my dad was on the phone the other day and Jem had just popped around for something. So, you know, they had a little, you know, hi, hi. And everything's normal. Like, they love him. Obviously, he's been a part of my life for 18 years. They, they, they would never not take his call. They would never not have him in their lives. He is the father of my kids. So, you know, he's still going to be a huge part. I, on the other hand, have not had a conversation with his family at all. And um, nobody's reached out since we got divorced or broke up to be honest but you know I understand and I do understand that for them I'm the catalyst I'm the bad person in this and you know it's okay I can't change people's minds and as time time heals everything and I you know hopefully they'll see that I'm a great mother and the kids are happy and you know I will be going over there at some point with the kids for holidays and like I'm hoping they'll see that you know once Jem has moved on and in a serious relationship I you know but once he's in a serious relationship they will they will also forgive me more and they'll see how happy he is so forgiveness is also something that's key you know I think I think Jem forgave me a long time ago now because I think he's just he's just moved on you know I see a complete difference in the way he handles me because all the emotion has gone out of it which is great he's not angry anymore with me we don't start everything with like it's all your fault I mean sometimes you know obviously when it comes to the kids and the way they are but that just happens that's a natural thing between parents we went out for dinner the other night that all of us with Yasmin all the kids played up and it reminded both of us because it 
it just the lightness that I think when you have with a second husband that isn't the father of your children you can never have with the father of your children sadly and we both sat around that table and understood that the children I think all three of them came and they all started one after the other after the other just going for it and one one was crying you know Jem this was one of the quite a big dinner for us you know Jem had come you know and the whole table just broke down into different arguments between the boys and Yasmin stormed off me and Yasmin and he just sat there and he goes this is exactly why we got divorced and I looked at him and I just thought yes and the thing is I just shut up and you know it was funny because Sergio was there and he's like god you don't you just don't have a voice you just don't talk when you're there you're a different human and it's true and I'm a different human I go back to this little girl that just you know sits there because I don't know how to solve it all anything I say is going to be wrong anyway you know, I just go, oh God, and I just give up. And it's just a complete nightmare because the Waltons of this family, perfect family that, you know, he has in his head that, you know, I sort of messed up somehow just doesn't exist. I don't know any family that sits like this and has this perfect dinners and these perfect kids all the time because it just doesn't happen anymore. Right? It can't happen. Kids are just, oh, kids are a nightmare right now. You know, they just they're not nightmare, but they're just individuals. It's just that they don't want to do the same thing. I think when we didn't have games and we didn't have friends that were so easily accessible, maybe they were different. I don't understand what the olden days were like, but it's just not like that today. And I don't know anyone else. He always tells me that all his friends' kids are perfect and ours are little horrors. But honestly, I go to their house and I don't see any different. I really don't see anything different. They're all addicted to these these games. They're all little horrors when it comes to meal times. No one wants to sit still and have like, you know, beautiful family games at the dinner table. You know, it's an ideal that just doesn't exist, sadly. You know, I always used to wonder why second marriages look so good. And I think that that's why, you know, because Gem and I will always be partners. Well, at least till the children are 18, right? So 21 or 18 or whatever it is, I think, that we have to co-parent to. So we've got another 11 years stuck together anyway. So we have to get through it in the best way we can. So there's no point blaming each other for everything. So what I do now is I just try and involve him in every decision I make with the kids so that, you know, if I need backup, he's fully aware of it and that, you know, we can both put our foot down and that he can't blame me or I can't blame him for things going wrong. Also, we just need it for the back and the forth with the kids. I think the families and the friends, you know, I think whatever, it's been a year, nearly two years now, well, it's been two years now that we've been broken up. So the ones that have left have left and, you know, that's okay. I've made new friends. I've got my old friends. I'm very happy with the stable friends I've got around me. Jem's friends are, he's got an amazing group of friends. He seems extremely happy and he's, you know, as well. And, you know, we, we never, even when we were married, our friends were, were fairly different anyway, because we're very different types of people. And you see, and that, that also shows me because with Sergio, all our friends are the same. We do everything together. Like, I mean, I mean, literally, as I think I've told you before, we do everything together, which is so different. And actually, you know, it's quite nice now because I've understood that that when you look for freedom in a marriage, that you're looking for something else, really. Because if you're really in love with the person, you don't need to be free with them. Like I was going to a girl's lunch tomorrow. I'm taking Sergio with me, bless. Because he'll just go lie by the pool. He'll love it. And I love just knowing he's over there. So it's really, really nice. And I'm a different human. He softened me, although he says he hasn't. So blame and shame should not come into divorce. It should not be a part of the decision-making because the people that didn't like you then or aren't around now didn't like you anyway in the marriage.
Let's take a little break from the show and discuss a new shoe bag and mask brand that I've discovered, which I absolutely love. I think you may have heard me discuss it before, called Rothy's. They make super stylish, sustainable shoes and bags that are carefully crafted from eco-friendly materials and repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic, which I absolutely love the idea of this. Rothy's are incredibly comfortable with no break-in period thanks to their seamless knit into shape design. With many styles to choose from, Rothy's are the perfect way to add some style and comfort into your closet. It's no surprise that Rothy's are the best-selling shoe. The point in black has over nearly 3,000 perfect reviews. So find your favorites on the latest Rothy styles like comfortable shoes, bags, and washable masks. Rothy's are available in a range of styles that come in an ever-changing array of colors, which I think is great because, you know, I don't know about you, but if you find a classic shoe that really works for you, I want them in every color. Rothy's are a knit thread made from plastic water bottles so they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. Again, with zero break-in period. CNN says Rothy's are the comfiest slip-on shoe that I've ever owned, period, said Julie. They're her favorite shoes of all time. Finding the perfect style is super easy because Rothy's come with free shippings and free returns, so it means there's absolutely zero risk to you. Again, something that I really, you know, advocate because there's nothing worse than having to order, you know, five or six styles to try, you know, you want to try them on. You want to see which one you like the best and send the rest back, but, you know, not at some, not at your cost. They're washable, durable, flexible, um, so they minimize the impact on the planet and maximize the comfort for you. What more could you ask for? So check out the amazing shoes and bags and masks available right now at rothys.com forward slash DND. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash DND. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash DND today. Happy shopping. I knew people in our marriage like Jem and not me or me and not Jem. I was always aware of it, as was he. So, you know, nothing's changed. And those are the people that scattered off anyway or the ones that think they, you know, they want the party or they want different things. And, and I'm okay with it. Life is about different chapters with different friends. Family, it's difficult because you do feel like you're letting everyone down. And But again, you know, I didn't have this amazing connection where where we all picked up the phone like it was birthdays christmases you know i never chatted to my sister-in-law like a friend you know we never just got on the phone and went you know chit chatted for hours so you know I, i didn't really feel like that wasn't a reason for me to stay Obviously, you feel, shit, what are they all going to say? Are they going to judge me? And I used to get really, like, we have a few mutual Turkish friends now. And actually, some of his friends still follow me. And they're really sweet because they wrote lovely comments. And actually, some of the ones that I really, really didn't expect wrote on my, right on my pictures, oh, my God, we're so happy for you. And we see the difference because they genuinely see the difference in me. And it's not like they're saying it because they didn't like Jem. They love Jem. They're his friends. They really love Jem, but they see how happy I am now and maybe we weren't at the time, right? So they're genuinely happy for both of us. I think one of my friends was saying saying the other day he saw, saw um, somebody and they were like, look, I think the way it went down was maybe not, not the best way, but I defy any of you, any of you, 
to have what is the right way of breaking up there's no fucking right way and by the way what happens is the 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 wrong way is always because you're trying to save someone's feelings and end up fucking it up right the right way is probably if i'm totally honest being brutally honest is walking in the day you don't feel it anymore and going i don't love you anymore i'm so sorry you know can we have a divorce you know that's easy to say and very hard to do I don't think anyone has ever been able to do that way. And I'm sorry, you know, things get messy. They just do. And I've seen a ton of girlfriends who've wanted to leave their husbands and then they go out looking to try on new shoes. And you know what I mean by shoes, by the way, and and looking for the next relationship so that they can jump ship without, you know, really being on their own. But that doesn't work either. Life is very messy. And, you know, we can all have a perfect scenario of how we're going to be. But it's like the job. It never, ever goes straight. It will never go the way you think. So you can have all the good intentions in the world and you can be a very good person and things can still go to shit. But I, I would like everybody out there that's judged me to know that I never set out to hurt anyone, even though I know I did hurt everyone. I'm not a bad person. Things just unfolded that way for me. And by the time I got to a place where I wanted to try and clean it up, I couldn't clean it up. It just, it is shrapneled all over the place. And, you know, you, you're just in it. Then you're just fucking in it and you're just scrambling. And unfortunately, that's what things like this do. So, you know, as for families, of course, they're going to take each other's side. And I understand that. And I, I'm not expecting any more. But over the years, I'm sure things will, will settle and maybe we'll all have a chat again or we'll see each other when I visit or when I, if I drop the children off. But, you know, either way, it's still, as I said, sadly something you have to go through and not a reason to stay it's really not once you've taken that decision you just need to rip off the band-aid so thank you again for listening i hope this helps a lot of you i know it's hard i know the fear of the unknown is really scary i will do a podcast on fear But do know that for those that take the chance and that those who make the decision, because honestly, there is nothing worse in this world than limbo. The should I, shouldn't I? The shame, the scared, the fear. Sitting in that, living is not living. Right or wrong, and whether whether you land on your ass or you fly, either way, it's better than what you're living right now. Indecision is the worst. So I can only tell you that if you are sitting on the fence and you have been for quite a while, which most people do, you know, take the chance because whatever that looks like the other side, it's going to be better than where you are right now. And it's not about money or houses or whatever, because at the end of the day, once you're happy, money will come and you'll be able to earn it. Because once you're in this terrible state of like being fear, you know, you don't attract anything. You won't attract the right job. You won't attract the life you want. You won't attract the right man. So make the decision Stand by it and remember there's no shame and there should be no blame. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action.